Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com slash MIM. We have a lot to talk about, so let's hit the road. Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of autonomous vehicle engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Good morning, Fred. And for this edition, we're happy to welcome back Michael Senna, an internationally recognized expert in vehicle connectivity, location-based services, and navigation. He's based in Sweden and publishes the Dispatcher newsletter and is at michaelsenna.com. That's S-E-N-A. Thanks for joining us again, Michael. Thank you, Fred. It's afternoon over here, but it's, uh, it's a nice day. <laughs> Terrific. Well, we're turning first to Waymo, where the news seems to be coming fast and furious. First came the big order for Pacifica minivans, then a bigger order for the new electric cars from Jaguar, and now they are reportedly nearing the announcement of a deal with Honda for delivery-type vehicles. And it seems there may be even more to come. Alan, you first. Well, I guess they're crushing it. Uh, it seems like, uh, you know, they've, they've basically sat in the weeds, really, uh, for the past nine years, uh, uh, just doing things and making sure that uh, their technology works. And, um, and now that they've uh, been out there uh, with uh, truly driverless, in other words, uh, no driver in the vehicle, Offering rides to people, they've gained the confidence to say, um, uh, this thing must be market ready. And so, um, you know, if, if you're going to go into a market ready mode, uh, you come out of the weeds, um, and all of a sudden, uh, the announcements, the marketing plans, um, uh, everything you start, you, you get, you get into selling mode. And it seems as if they're in selling mode. Um, you know, big interview with uh, Kravchik, uh, the CEO, um, uh, at least things that I hadn't seen before being said. And it just seems like um, they're, they're putting the, the, the technology out there and basically uh, you know, trying to get the people to come and get them. Michael, uh, you've urged a, yeah. a more cautious approach to putting truly driverless vehicles on public roadways. What are your thoughts about the, these moves by Waymo? Well, I think, as as uh, Alan said, that Waymo has been a lot less vociferous. They've been they've been doing their homework. They've been doing things quietly. Uh, they haven't been trying to make some you know major advances and big steps. Uh, and they've taken a lot more time to do what they they have been doing. Uh, another thing is that they've got lots more money than most of most of the other companies that are working in this area, particularly a company like Uber. Um, so I, whether they're ready or not, a uh, company like Jaguar doesn't doesn't usually make decisions, uh, you know, without a lot of of uh, background and a lot of of careful thought put into it. I've done a lot of work with with Jaguar, so um, you know, I feel if if they're going to be doing this with them, they're they're probably they probably thought through it rather carefully. Um, I I don't think the situation is the same with uh, with Volvo and Uber. Maybe we can come back to that at another point. But my, I've said many times I I really still do not believe that that driverless cars, cars without drivers, 
should be on the roads. And we've, we've had too many incidents where companies, in this case not Waymo, but other companies have had uh, accidents, Tesla uh, and Uber, where people have been killed either in the car or, or outside the car. And it's, it's just we should not be putting either people in, inside the cars but civilians in, in danger. It just, it's, it's, just, it's not responsible. Know, that all the testing that can be done can be done in a way that we can ensure that when these cars are in the road, whoever is putting them there, whether it's Waymo or Uber or anyone else, that the cars are safe and that they're not driving in roads where the potential the potential is higher that people can be killed inside or outside. So if you were a regulator, you would say yeah. no to this? I would say do not put a car on the road where a driver is behind the wheel for testing purposes where a driver is behind the wheel who is not a trained professional driver who's going to be looking at the road and working with that vehicle the entire time. And that, I think, is, is the difference between Waymo and, and, in this case, Uber, as well as Tesla. I mean, Tesla is using its, its owners as, as crash dummies. Uh, and I, that's, that's really that's, that's a pretty hard statement, but we have two people who've died inside of Teslas when, when they've been testing the car. And then afterwards, we've got people who are, who are Tesla owners trying to recreate the, the, the test and putting themselves in danger because, I, I don't know, because they're, they're going to be famous. They're going to be, you know, something they're going to be rewarded by doing this. You know, potentially they're going to die. Um, you know, if I'm a regulator, I say no testing on real roads where real people can be killed. Well, you know, I, I guess I, I sort of agree with Michael. I'm, I'm, um, uh, certainly, um, um, certainly one should do, do a significant amount of testing, uh, before one goes out on public roads. There's no doubt about it. The, the whole issue is, is that, is if, if, if the whole system wasn't, the whole system is pretty darn safe, but it could be a whole heck of a lot safer, at least some of us think. And and technology, I, I, at least I think, can help. And and because because I think the technology can be uh, improved, uh, and uh, as long as we know uh, what it is to improve, uh, changing human behavior is just too darn tough. And uh, and we don't seem to want to change human behavior. And I would like to say, especially the the way the the current mobility system is sold. Uh, you know, I don't watch the commercials in Europe, but I watch the commercials every time I watch TV here. And you know, the 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 way the OEMs sell these things to us is they sell us a dream, and part of that dream is is misbehaving uh, while using them. And that misbehavior puts not only us, but the rest of the public <laughs> in jeopardy. Uh, you know, so it's no wonder that there are people out there, uh, you know, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And, um, and, and so uh, there, there isn't enough seriousness put behind it. And so definitely we should have technology on there that doesn't allow, allow that to happen. You're misbehaving. Um, you don't get to use it. I, I think that what GM put into their, their release of their, uh, um, uh, uh, their version of autopilot that's uh, that's going into the CT6 is they put they put the eye tracker in there and basically if if you're if they feel by looking at you you're you're uh, misusing the darn thing the thing pulls over and shuts off and doesn't get turned on again until you I, I don't know um, say a couple whatever you know 
Hail Marys or something like that. I don't know. And, uh, and, 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 and that's appropriate because, you know, if you want to, if you abuse it, you should lose it. And, and you, I guess you get one shot or may, maybe two, but you cer- certainly don't get three. And so I, I think that, that, that was a very responsible thing by, uh, by GM to do to put it in there. Hey, hey as long as you're using this, uh, responsibly, um, have a, you know, do it. But, uh, but the irresponsible use, uh, uh, irresponsible use of, of conventional little cars, a 55 Chevy or, you know, um, uh, that we we shouldn't have that. We shouldn't be doing donuts out on the streets, uh, which is what the advertisements suggest. We we shouldn't be driving these things down uh, down riverbeds the way Jeep likes to show us that we can take your Jeep. Yeah, right. Sure. Um, so I don't know, uh, Michael. Yeah, I totally agree. That's this. We have we have all kinds of warnings on on buying things that that like cigarettes. And- and alcohol and other things that are <laughs> right. potentially dangerous for us, but we don't have the, the same kinds of, of warnings and the preventive preventiveness. We can we can stop all of that behavior. The cars can be can be put into to a mode that can that matches the capabilities of the drivers. We have that technology today. If I've got an eighteen year old, the eighteen year old should is not capable of driving that car like a thirty five year old who's got tons of experience. That car shouldn't be allowed to be driven in the same way that a 35-year-old or a 45-year-old can drive. And there are all kinds of things that we can do to make our cars much, much safer. Although, if you look at the numbers today, our cars are enormously safer than they were 10, 15, 20 years ago. Given the number of miles and the number of deaths, it's it's incredible. So they've gone up for the last couple of years. But then again, I see it every day when I'm driving not every day when I'm driving my car, but almost every day when I'm driving my car, people are weaving all over the roads. We finally in Sweden have, have made it illegal for people to have a phone in their hand while they're driving. Just to have it in your hand is, is illegal. Someone was finally fined by it. But I see it all the time. People are weaving around the roads because they're looking at their phone. Alan, yeah, let I me mean, just it, ask you the yeah. question that I had asked uh, Michael um when it, getting back to Waymo for just a second, and then we can move on to this. Uh, if you were a regulator, what would you be saying about uh, Waymo's testing? Um, well, I guess, you know, I guess I'm a fan. I'm a, you know, I have to say I'm a fan of Waymo. I just, I like the way they've, they've approached the whole darn thing. And as Michael said, I mean, they've been sitting there working very hard. Maybe initially when they went out onto the Nevada roads, you know, eight years ago or whatever, and um, and just sort of started doing some stuff. But at least if maybe it was on Nevada roads in which there wasn't maybe another car within um, within who knows how many miles. So uh, and and what they've done is they they they've done a very methodical uh, development of their technology, and um, and I guess I have respect for the people that work there. That that in fact that you know they've worked very hard to try to try to find you know all the so-called corner cases and so on and so forth, so that these things are safe. I mean, when when you to me, if I look at the, at the crashes that have occurred in 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 the Tesla and of course in the in the Uber crash, I mean the the, the systems have not been designed to handle the situation that they were put in. The automated emergency braking system doesn't function if it senses 
an object ahead that is stationary and the vehicle is going over so many miles an hour. Why? Because because it doesn't. It's afraid of getting spooked by it by a overhead sign or or a, or a um, or a bridge or or an overhead branch. And, and so in order to, to not have the false alarm appropriately, the thing is, uh, the, <clears throat> the signals are disregarded. Well, and, and the same thing with the pedestrian detection. They only work in certain speed ranges. Well, if these systems only work in those ranges, what are they doing allowing the operation of this technologies outside of those ranges? The system knows how fast the car is going. Uh, you go above that speed, the stuff gets turned off. Or you're going above that speed, you can't turn it on. Or, or, or if you want to try to turn it on, the accelerator doesn't allow you to go faster. I mean, you know, these are, these are, you know, these are four lines in the code that, that would implement that. Come on, they didn't do that. And I guess I sort of, be, I kind of believe that, that what, um, what, Waymo has done is they found the 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 envelope of of of, of the domain in which uh, they can they feel that they can operate safely, and uh, this is the domain that they allow the vehicle to to operate because they are in control. They've take they've taken the human completely out of the loop, which is you know probably the greatest decision that they made, and and sit there and at least. Uh, you know, with all their lawyers and everybody else, that the risk is much, much less than 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 the potential reward to society, and so that we're going to go for it. So, I think that they've done that in a very responsible way. Whether or not regulation can go out there and and have everybody do it through rules and so on, um, I guess so. Um, uh, but um, the, those things are going to take a while, would take a while to formulate. Luckily, we have a responsible company here, I think. Well, we've, we've been talking a, a bit uh, as, as we've gone along here about that uh, Tesla accident, the fatal crash involving the car on autopilot in California last month, still making headlines. And some other Tesla drivers have actually been trying to investigate this on their own, it seems, uh, attempting to replicate what happened. Michael, you first on this. Yeah, well, as I've said, uh, first of all, Tesla should have turned autopilot off when the first crash occurred back in July of 2016, and they should never have been able to turn it back on. They should have not allowed that to be on, operational in any cars because no one has proved at this point, and this latest accident ensures that that, that that hasn't occurred. No one has proved that that system actually works. Whether or not Tesla gives all of the, the, the warnings and says, don't use it this way, don't do this, don't do that. People are still able to ignore all of that, take their eyes off the road, do whatever they, they feel they want to do, and crash themselves. And and will you see what happens. I mean, I looked at that, that X Model X, and I thought to myself, how how could anybody survive that a crash like that? I mean, they he went in, he went into that, to that, to the to the barrier, there's, there was nothing left in front of him. I mean, it's not like you're in an XC90 and you crash and you've got all of the the, the crumples that are going to go on there. You've got a, you've got things in front of you. Everything was completely gone, and then the, the car began to burn. I don't know how that person even they even managed to get him out. 
before he was completely burned to charred. I don't know. I really don't know that part of the accident at all. But the car burned for another six hours. They couldn't. They didn't want to be able to put it out because they weren't sure of how to do it. And, that, and about this idea of other people trying to replicate this? Unbelievable. I mean, they, they, they should have taken all of those cars, sent an OTA out, disabled autopilot, and said, we're not going to allow this to be used anywhere by anyone until we're absolutely sure that we know why and how this happened. But then you've got two, there were at least two people, one in Chicago and one, one in, in Mountain View who were out there trying to replicate exactly what had happened in order to do what? To tell Tesla, no, we found the problem. You know, we're your bug fixer. You know, we're, we're your, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're part of the, the, the sharing, the sharing economy. We're going to help, help you to be a better company. Or maybe they're, they're, they're concerned about the share price going into the toilet. I mean, th these people are potentially putting themselves at, at, at very high risk, driving it in a way that, that, cause someone else to die and putting themselves in the same situation. Un totally un unacceptable. Ellen, thoughts about that and what we're learning from these reports where the autopilot system oh, I, was confused I, by the road marking? I, I agree with Michael. I, I agree with Michael. I, the, this, you know, the, your, your customers are not your guinea pigs. It, Customers want to help in a lot of cases, and and one should should embrace the customers in their help. But one shouldn't put them in in a situation in which, uh, my goodness, uh, the harm can be caused. And and again, uh, the system has enough intelligence in in it so that it knows what its uh, operational domains are, and it should turn itself. It should turn off. It shouldn't be allowed to be be operating in that, and so, and 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 again, as I said, if you misbehave, you you, know, you get whacked, and if you misbehave again, again, then you, you know it's completely taken away. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I believe in two strikes. Maybe I should believe in one strike. But 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 I I agree, and and so and uh, and it's 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 really it's really unfortunate. What is absolutely what I think um, uh, should also happen is uh, in every every time there is a crash involving any of these uh, vehicles with uh, automated technology and, and, and sensors, all the data uh, for the uh, four seconds or whatever leading up to the crash should be released to the public. Everybody should know exactly all the data associated with the the the, uh, the the events that occurred just prior to that crash, so that everybody can learn what are the various circumstances and nuances that that came together to, to cause to cause the uh, to be a, a part of the crash. And this, this this shouldn't be buried. It shouldn't be hidden. It, <laughs> We had to crash. Let's get something good out of it. Let's at least learn. And and if we learn, then then because this is all uh, the technology is involved with it, I think that the technology can be fixed. And so at least then the the, the probability that that the 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 that you would have a repeat of history uh, then uh, gets re reduced. And and so uh, you know we at least have to get something out of these disasters. Another company we want to yeah. talk about is Ambarella. 
They are in uh, Santa Clara, and they're a company that makes video processing chips, if we, if we boil it down, simplify things. They've demonstrated a fully autonomous vehicle using their camera-only technology. Alan, what's the significance here? Well, I think, you know, this is Alberta, Alberta Brogy, who is, uh, he's been for, for some time, at least, you know, from the DARPA challenges, you know, 12, 13 years ago, he was, uh, he was always the vision guy. And, um, and he's been, uh, working, uh, all these years, uh, trying to improve, uh, um, image processing, uh, so that, uh, so that it's good enough, um, to be able to, uh, to safely drive vehicles. And, um, and so, um, they've come out with, uh, with a product, uh, uh if one can do it uh, with, we seem to be able to drive very well with vision as long as we pay attention. And so the, at least the, the, the fundamental thought is, is that the, if one wants to do this, one should be able to maybe do it very well uh, with just vision if we can put enough processing power and, and have it not crash and, and, and that is, you know, get blue screens. In other words, pay attention all the time, uh, and, uh, make it safe. So that's been the, you know, the fundamental, uh, concept behind that. And they've come out with a, with a product. And, uh, they use, um, uh, basically stereo vision as, as the principal part of it. They have, uh, you know, two cameras or more than pairs of cameras that have, that are widely separated so that in fact they can, they believe they can do, uh, uh, depth measurements on objects, um, relatively far away, far enough away so that you can see things, uh, slow down and not hit them. And, um, and it seems like they've made a, a substantial amount of progress and they're out there, um, um, trying it out. I guess the question would be if, if, if there are other technologies such as LIDAR, other sensors perhaps, uh, available, why not throw everything possible in there to make this as safe as, as it can be? Well, the, that's, that's, you know, that's sort of the simple thing. The problem is, is what do you do when they disagree? And, uh, you don't know which one's right. Uh, you don't know which one's right. So, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to have a lot of things, uh, a lot of different things. And as long as everybody votes the same way, everybody's happy. All of a sudden, if it's, uh, you know, 5149, uh, which one's right? Um, we won't go down that road. How many, <laughs> how many times have we sat in the car when someone else in the car has seen something that we didn't see? And if we hadn't, if they hadn't said it, we probably would have had an accident. Absolutely. Sometimes they're called back backseat drivers, but oftentimes they're sitting in the they're sitting in the front seat and they're just paying attention about to things that we just maybe we've just missed. You know, there's a there's a dog, there's a cat, there's a there's a kid, there's a ball, there's something that's going on. And four eyes, if if the four eyes are actually doing the same thing, then it's better than two. But the problem we have is that if you make these, if you, if you put all of this stuff in the cars, they just become so expensive that no one can really afford it. Then what's the point? Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, the, the, the thought was that if you can do it with cameras and enough cameras to cover, you know, to, to be able to look, uh, 360 around the car and not, not have blind spots and all, all the things that, you know, the, 
the other pairs of eyes help us with it in the, in the car, which, you know, apparently this is, uh, this is the, the approach that they have with the array of cameras that they have on the roof of this thing. Uh, that, that in fact you can do it. You, you, you need backup systems when one's, when some obviously fail and all those various things. But, but if, if you don't have the, the if you don't have the, the, um, um, uh, the uh, information that suggests that uh, your LIDARs failed and therefore rely on the vision or your vision's failed, rely on, on the LIDAR, you think they're both working well and they give you different answers, uh, oh, then there's there's real confusion out there. And, and so um, it's not an easy problem. None of this is easy. And and of course, uh, we're not going to solve it sitting here on this podcast, although we'd love to. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, th- those are the things that that, it, that one is confronting when one's designing these things. Well, the idea is to get a realistic picture to to our audience out there. And so here we are, early in April 2018. Already, a lot of very significant news. Some of it good, some of it not so good, especially when it comes to Uber and Tesla. Some thoughts, Michael, about the state of smart driving cars. Well, um, one of the uh, one of the points that that Alan made in, in his, uh, his his latest news was reference to Volvo perhaps doing something to uh, to help Uber along, and I think. I've spent a lot of time working with, with Volvo over the last uh, 20, 25 years. And I'm very close to what's going on right now with Volvo and its, and Geely and its ownership being here in, in, uh, in Sweden and working closely with these people. Um, in 2012, when the current CEO, Open Samuelson, became the CEO, took over from, from the former Former CEO, he had one goal that was set to him by Lee Shufu, who's the, the owner of Geely and the chairman of, of uh, the Geely Group. 800,000 cars by 2020. That's about the time that, that, uh, Hopin will be around 69 years old. Probably at that point, he can retire after a very long and successful career. Um, but he's probably made one decision that is questionable right now because they're doing very well. They've, they've increased their sales from, from less than half of what their, their top numbers were 20 years ago. They've finally gotten the numbers close to 600,000. It could potentially be at 800,000. And this is where Uber comes in. Even though it's only 25,000 cars over the next three years, 8,000 cars in the market in the U.S. is a very important number. So that's probably the motivation. It's not to be in the business of offering autonomous cars because there's nothing, practically nothing of the Volvo XC90s that's being used by Uber. This. They're taking those cars, they're good cars, they're safe cars, and basically they're turning everything off, putting their own stuff in there and driving them with, with, with their hardware and software. But I would think that given the possibility of, of selling 25,000 cars or 50,000 cars to Waymo versus selling 24,000 cars or 25,000 cars to, to Uber, it's probably something that's being questioned right now. I wouldn't be surprised if something happens along those lines. 
Li Shufu has made a statement recently where he says we should not be, and didn't name Uber, but he said we should not be putting our customers in danger. We, we deliver safe cars. Volvo is a safe car. We do not want people dying in our cars. So he has an objective of being in the top five by 2025. The top five number, uh, top five uh, car manufacturers. There is a history in, in China of successful businessmen getting in trouble and being either put in jail or, or somehow disgraced. He, he has got a very good relationship with the, with the government. He has a very good position in the country. There's nothing that Li Xufu is doing that would, would put him in any potential, uh, I'd say, possibility. But you just never know. So he is the kind of person, and I've seen this with, with him, he's an incredibly good chairman. He's a very good good uh, manager of, of people and, and his companies. He's got that objective. He's not going to get distracted by a company like Uber, particularly not going outside of his core business. So any link-up between Uber and Volvo, I think, is very, very unlikely. Volvo's got enough work on their own developments that are going into their to their uh, their own cars with with DriveMe. They don't need to be engaged in anything with with Uber. So I think I think that's really a, an unfortunate link-up. I've said this. I've said it to people directly to their face. I think it's an unfortunate link-up. Uh, I can understand it from a, from a business standpoint, but I can't understand it from a, from a sort of long-term. Um, Uber is a, I don't know, for me, Uber is a company, and I've said this on, on our on podcast before, I don't know where Uber's going to be in a couple of years, because they're, not, they're losing enormous amounts of money, they've got these problems that they can't seem to fix, and the only major investor they have is SoftBank, and even there, SoftBank, SoftBank isn't in the business of, with a, their $100 billion uh, fund of be, being a taxi driver company. Or a taxi company. I mean, they're, they're looking at artificial intelligence and everything. That's the reason they invested in, in Uber. It's for their platform. It's the AI. It's the data, big data that they can get. And if, but if, if Uber just can't deliver because it's not not possible to stay in business, I think it's going to be difficult for them to continue to support them. So, Michael, I mean, I think those are very good thoughts, of course, and 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 I I agree. It is really unfortunate that that Volvo uh, got tied up with the with the crash in in Tempe, and and uh, and my goodness, um, uh, uh, it, it, it's it, it's clear. I mean, as I as I suggested, you know, would. Uh, would Uber really build their 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 system on top of Volvo? And Volvo has a pedestrian detection system, but it's very clear that pedestrian yes. detection system only operates up to a certain speed. And and if that's if and it's very clear. And therefore, if you're going to go out there and you're going to basically be be relying on that system to do the pedestrian detection, a la you're doing self-driving with the person with their hands off the wheel, then you shouldn't be doing it at speeds that exist that exceed that 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 domain. I mean that's that's like that's like crazy. I mean who wrote that code? My goodness. And and part of the problem that, that I'm having with with 
with the whole Uber thing is what do they release? They release a dash cam video to, to try to protect themselves. Oh my goodness, uh, she wasn't seeable. Well, my goodness, if if their system is is depending on data from from a dash cam video, uh, here we were just talking about having an array of sensors. I mean, come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not one of the ones that you would use. I mean, are you that irresponsible? And and it, it's it's hard to believe that they are. You know, they they Uber went in there and basically uh, you know picked up all the Carnegie Mellon folks. Those are good folks. Uh, how how did how did all those good people somehow how they miss it? I mean, and nothing's been released. They haven't said you know what the heck happened. They haven't released what the lidar data was in the in the four seconds. You know, my my looking at that as as um, Elaine going across uh, not only uh, uh, one lane, another half a lane, and and a breakdown lane. You know, she she was she was visible by those sensors for three to four seconds, one hundred and fifty feet away. I mean, you, you know, even the most rudimentary. Come on, Uber, you you screwed up someplace. Please, uh, the, the, at least tell us, you know, that you did. Hey, maybe you can fix it. Uh, but, but my goodness, sitting there and, and, you know, it's, you know, a couple of weeks. Uh, I haven't seen anything. I think it's just, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they're basically out of business. And, and I agree with you. Volvo, uh, should pull out there. You know, you, you, you don't want to be associated with the, with uh, second and third level entities, if not fourth or fifth level en entities. Exactly. I haven't. I haven't had uh, any any indications yet that they've done. But I, I, it's because it's been so silent here. Volvo hasn't made any official statements other than regrets, um, and they haven't uh, tried to pull it, you know, push anybody under the bus either. So I think. Uh, but at some at some point, maybe they should. Maybe they should just, uh, you know. I but you know. Uh, and 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 maybe you know I I don't know it's it's a delicate uh, policy but it's just uh, they must be so unhappy that 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 they're tied up yeah. on this here it is you know the car company that is that that has had safety as as its fundamental uh, uh, heart for all these years to be involved with this one that that is oh my goodness you can't handle this case. <laughs> Wait a minute. This the first quarter last year, their sales were up tremendously. This the first quarter of this year, they're on the top five. Uh, actually, that in March, the top number one in, in sales increase. So their sales are doing really, really well. But I think sales this month are going to tell a story that if, if they if they dip or if they're flat, maybe there's having some effect here. But I don't know. I yeah, it, well, but it shouldn't because because uh, because uh, I, I, it, it, it was it, this one shouldn't be on them. And and of course the other thing is, is of course yeah. there there are initiatives uh, with respect to electric propulsion and uh, and so on has been has been a, an excellent one. So um, you know it's 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 just such a shame that this one is. And if you think back, you know, after uh, Waymo and and Uber settled their 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 lawsuit, uh, you know, the the thought was out there. Oh my goodness, uh, you know, Uber wants to partner with Waymo. 
oh my goodness, <laughs> that sucker's not going to happen. I mean, well, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, uh, if there's anything that's not going to happen, uh, that's not going to happen. Well, a really important uh, discussion, uh, maybe prophetic in, in many ways. And of course, we're going to be learning much, much more at uh, next month's second annual Smart Driving Car Summit at Princeton University. Alan, coming up May 16th and 17th. Yep, it's coming up, and and uh, we should have we have very good people coming. We will have a lot to discuss. Uh, uh, we want to have everybody engaged and contribute, uh, and um, and uh, instead of uh, you know there it, it won't be you won't be preached to there. Uh, we want you in there. Uh, there's a lot to be done. Uh, we're close to really starting to do it, and uh, let's do it right. And that's it for this edition of the Smart Driving Cars podcast. We want to thank Michael Senna for joining us. Great insight. He's at michaelsenna.com. Find us at smartdrivingcar.com on SoundCloud, and look for my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.